Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the game. The game after work. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, and Travion Berkland. The phone number is 537-1350. Put a little 785 on the front of that. You can call in and we can talk some uh, crazy breaking news in college football today. If you're just joining us, where you been? (laughs) (laughs) We've already done an hour. (laughs) Basically on the breaking news from Pete Thamel, Colorado discussing about leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 12. And that's per his sources, as there was a completed board meeting for Colorado. One scheduled for tomorrow on the topic, and also Big 12 presidents meeting up tonight, uh, which they are planning to cover expansion. The publisher of BuffStampede.com, Adam Munstertiger, nearly 20 minutes ago sent out the tweet that, barring any unexpected hiccups, the CU Buffs are indeed on the move to the Big 12. Just a second. What is that guy's last name? Munster Tiger. That's a hell of a last name. <laughs> that is great, man. Mu- spell Wait. it. M-U-N-S-T-E-R-T-E-I-G-E-R. So you got the Munsters and the Tigers. Yes. All in one. All in one. <laughs> yeah. Combined. That's a hell of a, that's a great last name. <laughs> uh, and for those who don't know, uh, Buff Stampede's on the 24-7 network. So okay. uh, just like Goat Power Cat is. Yeah, this is... Uh, you know, honestly, wasn't this news we were expecting sooner or later? It was. Like, weren't you, like me, leaning in that direction that it had to be coming sooner or later that Colorado would make the move? Well, and one of the conversations I've been having off to the side here is with a friend of mine, my predecessor, actually, in Greeley, uh, who's the sports director at one of the Denver stations now, and he's a Pac-12 guy. He went to school at Cal. And, you know, I, I joke about Larry Scott. But the honest truth is that Larry Scott as a commissioner for that conference is what has hurt that conference. It's part of what led to UCLA and USC leaving. And, and, and Mike's comment to me was Scott was absolutely the worst. Can't do a worse job than he did. 
This is a Pac-12 guy mm-hmm. saying that. He recognizes the state of the playing field at this point. Have to ask yourself, why would USC and UCLA leave if the pack was so great? They wouldn't. The two leagues are in different galaxies. Well, wouldn't you say like the UCLA-USC move to the Big Ten, was that as a big of a surprise as Texas-Oklahoma? Yes. Quickly? Yes. And quietly at the same time, like without really telling anybody that they're going to jump to the SEC. And especially... Unexpected. And especially given that it happens in a combination of just completely jumping over the mountain time zone and going to make the Pacific time zone as part of theirs in a in the Big Ten. It's crazy. I mean, uh, it, who would have seen those two schools making a move to play teams from Chicago and New Jersey? Yeah. Not I. I, I, it's still, it's going to be strange to I mean, see them in te- the I mean, Texas standings. and Oklahoma with the SEC, yeah, that changes the face of things. But honestly, that's not all that unusual yeah, when you... Ge- geographically, it makes sense. Right, exactly. It's when the geography gets involved and you look at where UCLA and USC sit and the fact that, you know, honestly, I don't think that the Big Ten presidents in the grand scheme of things, are all that dramatically happy about that either. Because Kevin Warren was ousted not too very long after all of that. He wanted to expand farther, and the presidents didn't. And I think that they're exceptionally concerned about how this is going to work. And, of course, the rumor was they were actually going to go after Washington and Oregon. Correct. Yeah. Which it never happened. It just stalled. It just stalled out. I mean, Oregon and, and Washington have been radio silent ever since. Yeah. And they may revisit that. They may elect to take a look at that again. Well, and, and this was, I mean, we, we've touched a lot of this, obviously, in the first hour, in the first hour podcast being uplo- uploaded right now on newsradiokman.com. Also on demand, wherever you get your podcast, just for, search for The Game on 1350 k you know, we, we've we've covered obviously a lot of this, and we're still we're left with a lot of questions that need to be answered. What could this turn into? But with Colorado leaving, like it, it had to take one more, and now the rest of the Pac-12 have to be questioning: Do they now need to make a move? Mm-hmm. And it's already been thrown out there as a report that there could be another team, another school in the Pac-12, not necessarily a four-corner school that's also interested in making the jump now. And at that point. Let's just be perfectly honest. You're at a point where you have turned it into not a power five anymore, but it's going to very quickly become the power three. And the ACC is going to be questioning. Well, if you ask the ACC, they're the third in the power three. For sure. Not the big 12. Right, right. Even even though they earn a lot less and have a lot less success to show for it. They will challenge you in a cage match to determine who's the three. (laughs) I I know they will. But I agree with you. That's that's one of those things where, I mean, come on. Uh, You know, having grown up in big eight country, ACC arrogance, SEC arrogance, Big Ten arrogance, we've seen it all, for crying out loud. Come on. Uh, None of that is any surprise. But the ACC now has to be in the position where Clemson, Florida State, Miami are all looking at things going, is this going to hold now? 
How is this going to play? There's like it's such a fine line, like being proactive and then being like jumping the gun, like San Diego State style. You know, like I think it's like such a fine line that these schools have to to, to tiptoe around. It's crazy. I was mocking the Big Ten earlier today, and and Mitch, you and I talked about it some with the with the TV lineup that they've got for NBC this year, and some others were cracking wise about it as well. I'm not a fan of Big Ten football. It's still three yards in a cloud of dust for the most part in that conference, and it has always been blown up to be more than what it is. Uh, it's 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 defensive football over offensive football, and it is a grinder. I will not argue that one bit. I'm just not a huge fan of it in that aspect. But that type of football to many is unwatchable. And yet that's going to be one of your power two conferences. It's crazy. Power two? It's crazy. With that ugly of a product? No. Now you start to shift the pack towards the Big 12. Holy smokes, this gets very interesting very quickly. <laughs> Listen, you have too many blue bloods in that in that Big 10 to not market well, man. Ohio State Michigan, Michigan mm-hmm. Penn State, throw in Nebraska. I mean, even though they're terrible football, they can market that. That's still a blue blood in a lot of people's eyes. Absolutely. And that's what like I think is so frustrating to me. You know, I'm just like Michigan State. I've watched so I've watched well, bet on uh so many games <laughs> that were like uh, Penn State Iowa one year ended five to two. It's a terrible game, like 37 puns. And I'm just like, what is it that's so appealing about this? I don't get it. I get with the SEC. I get it. Every roster, they got like 15 NFL, future NFL guys on it. I get it. But the Big Ten, I don't know. Not my thing either. Just not my cup. But see, I I look at this now as like, I I think we're now in a position where we can start comparing the Pac-12 now to the Big 12 in 2010, uh-huh. when we knew four schools were going to be leaving. And a lot of people thought back then, this is it for the Big 12. The Big 12 was able to survive. They added a couple of schools, TCU and West Virginia, and able to survive. The Pac-12, geographically, obviously, with time slots, is is a bit is a lot different. I mean, you have a lot later kickoffs. They're struggling to find a media rights deal, well-documented there, but the bleeding already started with USC and UCLA leaving. And now, to me, it feels like, all right, now the jugular has been punctured mm-hmm. because now you're losing Colorado. And this comes after a disastrous press conference from George Klyovkov. They're <laughs> not close to a new meteorite deal. They have been in negotiations for over a year. Maybe the jugular was already punched before then. But now it feels like the Titanic has hit the iceberg <laughs> because – there has to be – it's hard to predict that there won't be a chain reaction now. Right. I don't know how big that chain reaction is going to be, but it just – it's hard to picture the Pac-12 really surviving because they have to go expansion, but they're not going to get somebody at the caliber of what the Big 12 added back in the day. No. That, that they were able to survive. And they got to go well out, out of the – other than San Diego State, they're going to have to probably go out there to Dallas or something and get SMU, and it's not going to be a very impactful, you would imagine, very impactful um, expansion when it comes to the media rights deal. Sicko's committee today sent out the graphic, and, and I retweeted it early this morning, but it was absolutely hilarious. 
22% of the football teams in the FBS have played in Conference USA. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe oh the Pac-12 can get uh, SMU and North Texas. And, and, oh and, really get after that Dallas market. And you're looking at four of them that have gone from Conference USA at some point to now being in Power 5. Crazy. Crazy. Three of them in the Big 12. Louisville's the only one out of the group that... But 22% of the now FBS teams have played in Conference USA. The glow up is real, man. They, you're right, though. They can't get a TCU or a West Virginia. There's no one like that out there. There's Hawaii. You got um, uh, and, San Diego and State. Nobody wants Hawaii. No. Nobody wants Hawaii. They eat up all your TV money just to get out there. I mean, there, uh, there's no more BSing the BSer. No. Anybody in the Pac-12, there's no more. It, it's done. It there's is. no more trying to say that George is the man. George has this under control. We're just fine. The Pac-12 is going to survive. You can't talk like that no it, more. It honestly is the jinx of Larry Scott. Think about this for a moment. Because you asked me earlier off air who it was that the Pac-12 was looking at the last time when the Big 12 blew up. And we knew that Nebraska was going to be leaving. Colorado wasn't even in the original mentions. No, it was not. It was the Southwestern schools. It was the four Texas schools, including A&M. And it was the two Oklahoma schools. It was going to be those six. Then somewhere along the line, they tried to shuffle off Baylor and wanted to go see you. And I left heartily at that and told CU fans at the time watch yourselves because we know how Baylor got into the Big 12 which was backdoor dealings and stabbing TCU in the back Mm -hmm. through their friends at the legislature in Texas and the governorship by threatening to pull funding if they didn't take Baylor with them And at the end of the day, it completely fell apart for reasons that remain in question. But can you imagine what would have happened had Texas actually gone to the Pac-12? I don't know. I think they're gone by now. Yeah. 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 Well, honestly, they'd probably have a new deal, I think, by now if they had Texas, maybe. Texas, Oklahoma, maybe. and, And we would be looking at. Conference USA? Yeah, or uh, the American. Uh, yeah, the American. Because as te- our conference. If, if the Texas schools are in the Pac-12 at this time, if they got what they wanted, and they didn't end up landing, obviously, but if they had their way back in 2010, I mean, they probably still have USC, UCLA. I mean, things I think would be a, a potentially be a lot different. different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the Longhorn Network wouldn't exist at this point. And now the Pac-12 does not have those opportunities. No. Those schools no longer, of course, entertain that idea. No. It's dead, and it was dead a long time ago. It's completely it, – it's a completely – it's a huge shift in, in where the control is. Where, where the Big 12 should have been dead 12 years ago, and now the, it, now they've turned themselves with, the, of course, the help of Brett Yormark and the latest expansion, a major power. They, they've always been a power, but now they are in control. Here's the other factor that plays out, and – You've looked at the map. I think I've shown you the map. 
but how striking it is that once you get west of the Mississippi, and really, once you get past Lubbock, Mm -hmm. Lubbock is one heck of a line, how few Division I schools there really are to the west from there. It's wild. That map is insane. It really is. And looking at that, you're like, oh, it's starting to make a little bit of sense Mm -hmm. here, you know? It is. It absolutely is. So here you are now with the Pac-12 on its deathbed, and everything else is pushed to the east again, a little farther. You're going to wind up with the entire western portion of the country without meaningful college football, as in championship caliber college football. Mm -hmm. And we know Brett Yormark wants to go... All four time zones. True. Colorado, obviously, mountain time zone, just like BYU is. The attack on the Pac-12 is not over. Oh, no. But it seems like the last, you know, it's now, you know, the who the Pac-12 thought was an ally has now, you know, turned heel. <laughs> yes. And is going with the enemy. <laughs> and now does Colorado help out the enemy and try to take more from the former ally, you know? Where does a partner come along with them? And that's already been, you know, hinted as a report that there could be another school interested in jumping over with Colorado. And they, I mean, you can let speculation run wild, but there's potential it's not one of the four corner schools. Which, honestly, I would not project that. Would I would that that would not be my prediction? Yeah, I would not see Oregon making that move. Honestly, it it may be, but it just it would be surprising that they have their have their ducks in a row at that point. Then again, speaking of the Ducks, they have Phil Knight. So anything's possible there. And, and I mean, he's got to be, at some point, got to be like, guys, we got to make a move here, man. We're, I mean, we're waiting. If you're Oregon and Washington, it feels like you're just waiting for someone to invite you. Why don't you be a little proactive and pick up the phone and call somebody, man? At, at this point, what is the in-case-of-emergency break glass out for Oregon and Washington. The Canadian Football League. They're going <laughs> to they're gonna join the CFL. It, just, it honestly feels like this whole time, and, and maybe, again, it feels like at this point now that there's no doubt about it, the Pac-12 has the jugular punctured, the Titanic has hit the iceberg, the Big 12 this entire time has been playing chess. Meanwhile, George Klyovkov is playing bingo. I mean, compl- playing two completely different games <laughs> where one, you need a lot of skill, and the other, you need just a ton of luck, and you're competing with a lot of other people to try to win one game. Oh, my. It, it is not, it, when it comes to the competition and the knowledge of what to do, and really the, just the hands that were dealt, we're talking about co- two completely different stories. He needed, He needed to knock out a TV deal really quickly, and it needed to be yeah. a great TV deal. Yeah. Well, and it, he didn't. And, and to look back, I mean, to Big 12 media days, I mean, Brett Yormark said it. I don't, I don't think it was – maybe it was during the press conference. I can't remember. Maybe it was another interview. But he's, he was – at maybe it was Joe Klatt. He, he asked him that, um, you know, what are you most proud of when it comes to what you've done in the last year? And he said that jumping ahead of the Pac-12 – he didn't say the Pac-12 – but jumping ahead of them and getting their negotiations done early oh, yeah. for their new media rights deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much did that kind of screw over the Pac-12? It, it, it's it's one of many things that added to the final nail. You know what I mean? It's just a, a, a death by a thousand cuts kind of thing. And 
that will be one of the things that we look back on as Big 12 members and go, thank goodness we hired that guy because he got it done. He got it done quick, and it was a good deal for us, and it allowed the Big 12 to be a player instead of waiting and looking and reacting to what other people were doing to us. It took know? it took Brett Yarmark three months yeah. to get the new TV deal done. George Klyovkov is now going on 13 Oof. months to try to get a new deal done. And, you know, when it all broke, when USC and UCLA shafted Klyovkov, the discussion at that time was it was still his honeymoon. And he'd been going around to all of the schools for his... One-on-one sessions. You I mean, how harsh is that to have those two schools pull that when you are making an effort as the new commissioner to go and hear of everyone's concerns and thoughts and ideas for what the future would be? Brett, your mark in terms of landscape changers is putting himself right there in the same field as a John Weefald here. And what he did in terms of K-State's athletics, specifically football. Klyavkov, or sorry, uh, Yormark is doing it on the conference level. Mm-hmm. That's how different the game is right now with Yormark leading up this conference. We need to take a break, but before we get there, um, I, I just want to say that uh, Pete Thamel has also tweeted out that ESPN spoke with Colorado AD Rick George today. He's in Indianapolis. Declined to comment on the potential move to the Big 12, but he did say that uh, about things coming to a head soon. He just said, quote, we are where we are. We've just got to figure it out. So it's really not a whole lot. But In Indianapolis, I wonder if that's a committee on infractions meeting going on. That may have to do with other things completely unrelated to conference right now. Well, I can tell you, though, um, I think he went to the airport quicker in <laughs> Vegas than he did to Boulder to get to yeah. Indianapolis. Yeah, probably so. Uh, because yeah. if you don't know, after I mean, this was right after George Klyovkov got done with this press conference at Pac-12 Media Days and just blew it at the end. Mm. Rick George was out the door and to the airport, was not sticking around because it was going to be hours of trying to defend that guy. Oof. Let's take a break. I actually want to touch more on George Klyovkov because I don't think we really got to this yet. Because we are talking like this is a done deal. It's not officially a done deal yet. But as Troy said earlier, this is coming from Colorado Insiders, that it's a 98% done deal at this point. Uh, Big 12 presidents meeting later on tonight to talk expansion. When we come back, you know, where the Pac-12 is currently. I think this is important to talk about. How much is it George Klyovkov's fault? Should we talk about that next, Troy? Sure. Let's do that next. Let's see. Anything new to report here, Troy? No. I got some. Pretty well calmed down for the moment. Klyovkov got fired. No, not Not yet. No, not yet. Oh, that poor guy. Yeah, what's his buyout? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, he... Uh, what, what, uh, yeah, that's a good question. What would Colorado owe uh, at this point ooh. to bounce? Uh, the thing, the one thing that would be in place is that if it takes place next year at the end of the 
uh, end of this school cycle. That's also the end of the Pac-12's media deal. Oh, boy. So there wouldn't be a payout tied to the media deal. It would just be the conference membership payout. Mm. Which is not going to be a big... Shouldn't be a big deal. Uh, Dennis Dodd just did report... Especially with Dion in place. Dennis Dodd just moments ago did report. Uh, he's a national college football writer for CBS Sports. Uh, that for now, Colorado is expected to be the only addition to the Big 12. Um, so there's that. So we're just expecting Colorado to join up. Uh, in the matter of uh, next couple days, uh, it could happen. Doesn't happen tonight, does it? Tomorrow at the earliest, you think? Yeah, tomorrow at the earliest. That's like, again supposed to be the uh, open meeting for the board of trustees tomorrow, or board of regents tomorrow, uh, to discuss tonight's Big Twelve presidents meeting. Colorado meetings already taking place today, and now we're going to have a Big Twelve presidents meeting tonight to discuss Big 12 expansion. This would be a fly on the wall, man. That would be awesome. And oh also, uh, boy, Zoom, what a great, just a great invention. <laughs> True that. It's really going to pay off today. really is. Uh, we're back on the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G., and Travion Brooklyn. I haven't even got to talk to Trey yet today. Uh, Colorado just stealing. I, I was planning to talk about today. Let's see here. What, what was on the list today? I was going to bring up Joe Krause, KU, the bomb threat kid, uh, <laughs> because he had his first court appearance. Uh, let's see. We had NBC announcing a partial Big Ten network ske- or Big Ten schedule, not the Big Ten network schedule for uh, college football. Travis Kelsey getting rejected by Taylor Swift. How about that story? Uh, but I did want to keep on with uh, Big Twelve versus Pac Twelve in this war uh, that George Klyovkov uh, should have waved the white flag a while back. Now it's getting worse for him. Uh, I thought it's important to bring up the discussion because we're really crapping on George Klyovkov. <laughs> you know, it, for, right. for some for some of it, rightfully so. He had it coming. He's not getting the job done. But I also add, and I also you know kind of think, and, and Troy's the one that really asked about this because he's been in the uh, market for a long time, the Pac-12 market for a long time, and that is, and he knows the story a lot more than I would, and that is brings up the question. On George Klyovkov, exactly how much of it is his fault that all this is happening in the last 12 months? The flaw for Klyovkov is the fact that UCLA and USC made their decision, made their move, literally before he had even been in place for a year. So immediately his hands wound up tied behind his back. Not only was he fighting a losing battle in terms of trying to get the conference back on track just as it stood, he was going to have to fight that battle then to keep it alive, having the largest TV market in the conference saying goodbye. That is a spot that he probably never imagined he would be in, first of all. You know, he worked for MGM in Vegas. He was a big wig with them, you know, and took this job with the Pac-12, and the thought process was that he was going to be much like Brett Yormark in terms of breathing fresh air into the college athletics game. Kevin Warren was to be the same way at the Big Ten. Only one of those has panned out, yeah. by the way. Yeah. 
and that's your mark. The other two, well, Warren's out already because he took the Chicago Bears gig, and he found himself fighting with Big Ten presidents over further expansion. Klyavkov has been in a position where he has been having to fight from on his heels from almost day one because of what played out with this. And that is a bad spot. Just the things that he was having to try to help the conference rebound from, from their time with Larry Scott as commissioner, had him on his heels. That's part of why he did that grand tour of making sure that he got to schools and it wasn't one-day stops at the schools. It was a week-long stop. It was a lengthy visit to get a feel for what each of the schools had for concerns and where they wanted to go from there. But Larry Scott left him a conference that already was had already hit the iceberg. Someone mentioned the Titanic earlier. It had already I have hit about the, five times. Yes. Yeah, it, it already hit the iceberg, but people on the decks didn't know it. That's a great way to put it. It really, I mean, no and, and they're wondering why the ship isn't moving anymore. Larry Scott was that reason. The Pac-12 Network was that reason. Larry Scott needing to have his. It still absolutely floors me. Every year at the Pac-12 tournament, Larry Scott had to have his million-dollar penthouse. Well, he's the commissioner. Of course he does. Oof. Uh-huh. You know, you think, like, looking back, if they would have hired Brett Yormark instead of Klyovkov... Do you think USC and UCLA still bolt or were I mean cuz it see it feels like they waited to see what the guy brought to the table they heard his rap and they mm-hmm. were like okay we got to go let's do it now You think somebody with more of a TV background like Brett Yormark comes in talks to them they stay I honestly think that at least he would have had it smoothed out uh a bit to be able to try to stem the tide. I think that he would have been able to at least keep it from progressing to the point that it did so quickly. Right. Because at least he would have been able to come in and show some aggression in terms of maybe helping get a handle from their view on what the things going forward would be like. I I think that just his approach would have helped alleviate some of the concerns, yes. In the long term, I don't know. There's too much business involved in this at this point. I know backdoor business, you know, closed door business secret stuff business that maybe Brett Yormark would have had maybe more of a heads up than George Klyovkov did because obviously caught with his pants completely down, did not know what was going on. And, and that is, I think, where the difference would be. 
again, he he would have at least been able to get a conversation going, but would it have meant that those two schools didn't eventually make a move? The Big Ten wanted to wanted to put itself right there with the SEC. So if you're UCLA and USC and you know what the last 12, 13, 14 years have been with Larry Scott as your commissioner and you've still got Friday night games that are only appearing on the Pac-12 network um, and you're not a part of the field very often when it comes to the college football playoff. You know, that that's a matter where Larry Scott's tenure allowed for a lot of attention that used to be paid to the Pac-12 to just wither and die. Man. And he called it, at, at one point, he said that he modernized the league. Did Larry Scott. I was just digging into this. A exit interview that someone had done with him. There was a lot of alignment around a bold and innovative agenda when I arrived in 2009, and at the highest level, we've modernized the league. He modernized the league by renting office space in the most expensive rental district in San Francisco. It's a beautiful town. <laughs> it's a, I'm sure it had a great view. He also put the Pac-12 networks in that same district. So not only was it out of the main distribution network not being in L.A., you just added the rent to it. Do you know what it takes to build a TV studio? special made for your network in the most expensive rental market in the nation Larry Scott spent money with that conference like it was his own personal bank account right and then you turn around and you have people that are working under him playing games with the people that they needed to have as partners going forward. Comcast, as I mentioned, they needed Comcast. They needed Comcast desperately. We've seen the fight in the Denver market over Altitude Sports Network, which is uh, which is the Nuggets and Avalanche broadcaster. Stan Kroenke owns that network. He and Comcast are in a pissing match and have been for now four years because Comcast doesn't want to pay the rights fee that Altitude wants. That type of fight costs eyeballs for your programs. For the Pac-12, he got himself into that fight, and when Comcast finally realized how much that they were getting jobbed by him and the fact that they were cooking the books as it pertained to what they should have been paying Comcast. That's the Pac-12 paying Comcast. When they realized you know, where the flaw was in this overpayment on the part of Comcast and what should be coming back to them, 
well, then they're out of the loop. No way. Nope. Pac-12 Network's are done, done on Comcast, and you're left with DirecTV. He made so many missteps just on those things and his personality and his approach that it was generally his piggy bank. He put all the attention on himself and not on the schools and not on the student athletes. You know what? It sounds like to me that old Larry Scott did not have the George Klyovkov mentality of the longer we wait, the better the deal. <laughs> no. No, you are right in that aspect. Larry Scott came into that spot having been in charge of the ATP. Tennis was his deal. And folks in the conference will tell you that he did a bang-up job at raising the image of those programs, the Olympic sports programs. I mean, UCLA has over 100 titles all time when you add in all of the Olympic programs that they've got. That's why the gold C on the jerseys the one year. And yes, there's a point that that works, but this is still a football-basketball world that we're talking about in college athletics. And it's a football world above and beyond, and he took eyeballs away from football and hurt it deeply, and USC and UCLA recognized that, and it put George Klyovkov in a no-win situation. Guess what we get to talk about tomorrow? Uh, Whether or not CU's uh, meeting tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock Central Time means that they're headed this way. And and again, the announcement of, uh, you know, if Colorado does make it official, it could come as early as tomorrow maybe, but I I don't know if it would. I mean, this this could be a thing that, you know, we have to wait a week or whatever. But as uh, Troy said earlier, according to to Buffalo Insiders, that it's a 98% done deal. Colorado, you know, big wigs have already met earlier today. Big 12 presidents will be meeting later on tonight to discuss expansion. So we're, I, we're, we're potentially hours away from Colorado making a return to the Big 12. Man, some high-stakes action going on right now, man. Nuts. And by the way, shout to Cyclone Larry. Yeah, on Twitter, back, everybody dude. thought he was dead. <laughs> now he's good. He's alive. He's all right. Just a little uh, siesta <laughs> from the X. All right, <laughs> we'll put a pin on this for now. I'm I'm hoping for more information tomorrow, more concrete stuff tomorrow. But until then, we're going to finish up the show ne- next with a little bit of number one song of the day. After these words, speaking of San Francisco. <laughs> 